Howdy and welcome to the 10-Week Bible Study. This is week 10, day 3 of our study of Galatians and Colossians. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and today we're talking about Colossians 4, 10-18. Welcome back to the 10-Week Bible Study. Again, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs. Would you join me as we pray before we start today? Lord, would you open our eyes and our ears, touch our hearts, fill us with the knowledge of you in your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before we jump in, I just want to say thank you for joining me for the last 10 weeks in our study of Colossians. This is going to be our last study uh, uh, for the books of Galatians and Colossians. And I love some of the stuff that we get to pick out of this last passage here. So with that, let's go ahead and jump into God's word. I'll be reading today from the NIV. This is Colossians 4, starting in verse 10. My fellow prisoner Aristarchus or Aristarchus sends you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. I want to pause right there. That's like huge news, right? This is one of those places where we start to, it's an aha moment, right? If you're starting to kind of piece through the New Testament, you read in the book of Acts how Paul and Barnabas, you know, they go on their first missionary journey and this guy named Mark, he bails on them. In, uh, I believe it was in Perga, or was it uh, Atalia? Is one of those two. It was either Perga or Atalia. I think it was in Perga, which I've been to both of those cities. I love, I've, I've actually been to Perga uh, and uh, Atalia, which is now called Antalya. It's a, a, a city that still exists, and Perga is a ruined city. But they visited both, both of those places, and Mark bailed on them there. Like, whatever was going on, he's like, yeah, I don't want to travel with you guys anymore. And he went home. And whatever it was about that, that really irritated Paul. And at the time, nowhere in Acts does it say that Mark is Barnabas's cousin, but we now understand why in the next missionary journey, when they're about to leave from uh, Antioch again, Barnabas is like, hey, let's take Mark. And Paul's like, no, not a good idea. He bailed on us. I don't want to take, I don't want to take flighty people. And Barnabas is like, no, we're going to take Mark. And Paul's like, I'm not going with you if we take Mark. I'm not doing it. And, uh, and so it said that they came into such sharp disagreement over the issue of taking Mark that they parted ways that Paul's like, I'm not going with you and, and Mark Barnabas, I'm not doing it. And we've, we've seen in Galatians here uh, earlier in our study, just how highly Paul thinks of Barnabas, even after their separation, because this is like many, many years, this is decades later, or at least uh, many, many years later, um, he still has, he holds Barnabas in such high regard. And now we see um, that uh, Paul and Mark have obviously made up because now Mark is there with Paul, most likely in Rome, but also maybe possibly in Caesarea, but Mark is there with him. Mark has come to Paul's aid and there's another Christian named Aristarchus who's there with him. So I just, I, I love that little tidbit, right? That's the aha moment. It's like, oh, that's why they came into such sharp disagreement is because Barnabas and Mark are kin. They're related. And so Barnabas is sticking up for his family and Paul's like, I don't want anything to do with him right now. I don't want to take him. And that's where this comes from, right? All right. Uh, continuing on here in verse 10, you've received instruction about him. If he comes to you, welcome him, right? He's talking about Mark here. Instead of saying, if Mark comes to you, you treat him well. All right, verse 11. Jesus, who is called justice, also sends greetings. 
These are the only Jews among my coworkers for the kingdom of God, and they have proved a comfort to me. So these are Jewish Christians who are traveling with Paul. All of these people that he's talking about, they're all Jewish Christians, and that's uh, the people that he's pointing out here. All right, continuing on verse 12. Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis. Uh, so Epaphras, he's saying, hey, Epaphras is, is from Colossae, from Coloss. He's one of you guys. He's here with me and he's sending his greetings as well. He's, and he's saying, hey, he labors in prayer for you guys. He cares about you and he is actually praying for you guys hard. And he's saying, not only you guys, but he's also working, laboring in prayer is what Paul means. He's laboring in prayer. He's spending time on his knees, praying for the people, Colossae, the people of Laodicea and the people of Hierapolis. These are all in the the same geographical location. Laodicea, I believe, is just a little bit west of Colossae. Um, And so they're all in that, that same region. And so they all you know, uh, the, the Christians and the believers, they probably uh, come and go and see each other from time to time in these different cities. And so he's saying, Hey, he is laboring for all of you guys in this entire region. He's like praying for all of you and, and he loves you guys. And I just want to say that I vouch for everything that he is doing for all of you guys. Verse 14, our dear friend, Luke, the doctor pause there again, Another little revelation here. Luke is often called the physician who's traveling with Paul, and here we know why. Uh, He is a doctor. Probably doesn't have his MD from Harvard. Uh, I don't know what all was entailed in being a doctor in those days. I'm sure it probably did not live up to the standards of, of nowadays as far as knowledge and experience but I'm sure he was a help to Paul. It would be interesting to know what kind of like medical training doctors went through back then. Um, what kind of things that they did worked and didn't. And, you know, I'm, I'm always fascinated by, by how that has evolved through the centuries and the millennia. What would it have been like to, to know Luke, this doctor back then? All right. Continuing on in verse 14. Uh, Our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas send greetings. Give my greetings to the brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha and to the church in her house. The Nympha is is this this woman in Laodicea, and and she has a church that's meeting in her house there. Um, And so Paul is saying, hey, I know you guys go and visit the Christians in Laodicea. I know you guys talk. So after you get this letter, hey, go let them know that I'm thinking about them as well. Incidentally, what this is about here is the letter from in in the book of Revelation where John is to write to the seven churches of Asia, kind of southwest Turkey. You know, Laodicea is one of those, and that's probably the most familiar that people are with the church of Laodicea. But here we could probably call this letter to the Colossians. We could really kind of call it uh the letter to the Colossians from Paul was subtitled, And to the Laodiceans. 
and then maybe even subtitle in Hierapolis, right? So we're we're not just giving this letter to the the people of Colossae. We're giving it to the people of the the church in the city of Laodicea as well. Verse sixteen. After this letter has been read to you, see that it is also read in the church of the Laodiceans, and that you in turn read the letter from Laodicea. So again, Paul is saying again the subtitle here is. It's the, the letter to the Colossians and the Laodiceans, right? So we actually have a biblical letter actually directed toward the Laodiceans before the book of Revelation. Verse 17, tell Archippus, see to it that you complete this, the ministry you have received in the Lord. I have no clue what that means. No clue who Archippus was or what the ministry was. But again, I love these passages where he's giving these very personal messages. Like he's very involved in these people's lives. He knows them. He's ministered with them. He's traveled with them. He's got, I mean, like it's just, it's so personal. It's so personal and so real. And we, we just live in what, what so often feels like such an impersonal world nowadays. I love this. I really love this. Verse 18. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. I think we can look at Paul and think of him as this super apostle and that he's in chains and that, you know, he's in prison and this is all awesome and isn't great how Paul did all this while he's in prison. Uh, Paul is saying, hey, essentially he's asking, uh, pray for me. Uh, I don't really like being in chains. It's not actually fun. Don't enjoy it. Maybe pray that uh, it would end soon, that I wouldn't be in these chains right? Um, hey, remember that this is happening to me. Uh, keep that in mind and maybe maybe say a little prayer for me. Maybe the Lord would take this away, right? He's not backing down. He's not backing down, but he's also not saying that, hey, this is just awesome, right? Paul says elsewhere that he's, he's learned to be content in every situation, right? And so it's like, hey, if this is what the Lord has for me, that's fine. But um, maybe if it's not what the Lord has for me tomorrow, hey, that would be great. That would be awesome. These are prayers that we can pray. It is good to learn to be content in all situations, but it doesn't mean that we can't ask the Lord to change our situation. It just, it doesn't. Like we can, you can exist simultaneously, right? You can exist and say, I'm content in my situation. My situation is not good. It's not good, but I am content in the Lord. Like I'm right where the, I I know I'm right where the Lord has me. I would love it, Lord, if you had me in a different place other than this, because uh, it's not so great. I honestly don't enjoy it. I can be content. I'm here because I'm, I'm resting in you. But if, if there was a place to rest in you that was better, I'll take that too, right? These are, these are prayers we can pray. These are things that we can ask the Lord. Like, like totally we can ask the Lord. Paul's doing that. We can do that. It is absolutely okay. We should ask the Lord for exactly what we want. We should ask the Lord for exactly what we want. When we go to him in prayer, we should always ask him for exactly what we want. 
because he knows what's on our minds anyway. So why hide it? Why hide our thoughts? Why, why hide what's going on inside us? We might as well be honest with the Lord. But in that honesty, being like, Lord, I submit everything to you. I trust your leadership. I trust your hand in everything. But I would really like this. That is, that is just such a good way to pray, in my opinion. We've come to the end of our study of Colossians, and with that Galatians and Colossians, we've seen that you know, Paul has instructed the Galatians rather forcefully, do not listen to this Old Testament heretical nonsense about having to be circumcised and follow the law of Moses. Get rid of that from your midst. The Colossians, he's addressed mostly the same exact thing, just since he doesn't have his personal relationship with the Colossians, he doesn't do it as forcefully. He's saying, hey, with the Galatians, he's like, I know that you guys have been doing this. It drives me crazy. Stop it. With the Colossians, he's kind of like, hey, I've heard that some of these teachers have been coming through. I just want to let you know that none of this is true and you shouldn't be believing it, right? Two very different approaches to the exact same teaching. And we get to see the way that Paul handles that between these two books. The exact same teaching almost the exact same region of what is now modern-day Turkey, uh, very two different approaches based on the relationship that Paul has with those people. And I love the fact that in this study, we got to combine these two and look at how Paul handled that between those two bodies of Christians, those two churches and those two cities. So with that, that ends our study of Galatians and Colossians. If you ever have any questions or comments, please reach out to me. My information, contact information is always in the show notes and the description. So with that, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs for the 10-Week Bible Study. I can't wait to see you on the next one. Hey, thanks for tuning into the 10-Week Bible Study Podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you consider leaving a review for it on your podcast app of choice? It really helps other people find out about this podcast, and my heart is for people to fall in love with God's Word. Thank you.